We're your hosts, Alexa and Melissa. Thanks for joining us. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for joining Alexa and I, Melissa, on another episode of the Midwest Mamas podcast. We are glad you are here and excited for you to listen to this conversation today. We had the honor to interview Angelie Pascal. She is just amazing. And when we go through this conversation, you'll find out why she's just one of these just amazing women. And we were honored to chit chat with her and to kind of pick her brain. She is someone that opens up about the struggles as being a mom. And um, on her Instagram, lovealways.anjulie, that's where you can find her. She shares often just about the different struggles of being a mom. She has five kids, so whoa. So she's got a lot going on, but she is positive and gives us great tips and suggestions on what we can do as mamas. She also, even if you're not a mom, she also speaks to single women and just women in general and recently has a new book called Stay. So we talk a little bit about her book and also the nonprofit organization she started that supports mom. So she's just a phenomenal woman. We're really excited for you to listen to her. And if you like it, just reach out and tell her thanks for being on the show. Go support her just so she can feel all the love. Thanks for listening. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Midwest Mamas. Today, we are so excited to have Anjulie Pascal on our show today. Can you say hi, Anjulie? Hi, ladies. It is great to be here. Thanks for having me on your awesome show. Can you share with our listeners a brief background about yourself and where you're from and what you do? Sure. I am from San Diego. And I am a mom to five kids. The oldest is 13. And then about every two years, I had a kid and my youngest is two. And my husband is a local pastor here at a church. And as for me, I stay home with the kids. We kind of do a partial homeschool. Um, And on the side of that, I write and um, founded kind of like a nonprofit called the Moms We Love Club. Very cool. You are busy and you have, you know, a lot of kids. And so you openly talk about on Instagram your struggles as a mom. And I feel like so often when people do get on Instagram and social media, they're just posting, you know, like, oh, look at my clean house. Look at my kids playing so nicely together, (laughs) you know, when really like, I feel like that's not the reality of a many, but then it's easy to... Um, what's the word like compare yourselves and like, wow, look at, you know, that's great. So what inspires you to take that different route of being honest and open about the realities of being a mama and how it's not always perfect? Yeah. You know, motherhood for me, and it's so fascinating because everyone has their motherhood journey. The first probably Mm -hmm. five or six years of motherhood. So when I had my first three kids was so, so hard. And I felt like so alone, like incredibly lonely one, because it was hard, but then yeah. two, because I couldn't share how hard it was with anybody. Because yeah. if I told anyone how hard it was, Oh my gosh, I'd be like failing or the worst mom ever, or I didn't appreciate my kids or I wasn't grateful, you know? Yeah. And so, I mean, um, I just didn't really share it that much. Uh, with anybody. And 
then I started realizing um, that I, then I was able to share it with a few close friends of mine, just talking about how I was struggling with things or I was disappointed about certain things of motherhood or how I missed working, you know? And um, I found that as I started to talk about it, other people were like, yeah, me too. And so it felt like a very natural thing to talk about it on social media. And I didn't want it to just be, oh, woe is me, or look how terrible or hard life is. Like, I didn't want it to end there. I wanted to be honest, but I also wanted to give people hope. And so that's really my um, desire with everything on social media is to present something honest, but also pair it with something hopeful. Yeah. And that... I feel like that's so true with so many things. Like once you start talking about something, other people are like, yeah, me too. You know, and you don't realize other people, like it kind of can just open a door to conversations when you're open about your own struggles and just different things that other people are like, yes, I've been dealing with that too. Right. It's a power of connection. It's really incredible. Yeah. And so, and you have five kiddos. Yes. That's a lot. <laughs> and I mean, and so I'm just curious, like, as, so right now I'm a mom of three. I, and even when we just had our two before our foster daughter, like, we would find it, I mean, it was easier with two, but now with three, it's harder. So I can't imagine with five, but I find it difficult many times just to give them each individual attention. And so, do you know what I mean? Like, how do you, like, if you have tips or tricks, like you and your husband, how do you achieve giving your kids that personal attention? Because I feel like they all crave it, you know, and we want to give them each that attention. And I feel like they need that break from each other. But how do you balance that? Like, is there something set you do each week? Or do you have any tips on that? Sure, that's a great Great question, and I wish I had a great magical answer for you. Um, <laughs> I think I think one having one kid uh, honestly can be just as challenging as having five or six kids. It's just a different kind of challenge. And so for me, one thing I really try and do is I try and make the moments matter. And so mm-hmm. in between breakfast and lunch and homeschool and changing diapers and you know, talking to my older sons about, um, you know, pornography and racism and just like real issues, it's, it stretches me every day. And so what I really try and do is make the moments matter. So it can be as small as I'm in the kitchen and my six-year-old runs through the kitchen. Oftentimes I'll just say her name, Hanalee, and I'll make eye contact with her and let her know I see her let her know I love her, let her know I'm here if she needs me. And then it's like, that's literally a five second interaction. But that moment we connect, you Mm. know, and then, and a lot of times, I mean, I have had, you know, I've gone through everything. I've done goals, reward sheets, charts, bedtime. (laughs) And, you know, I just kind of fail at all of those. I start very strong and fall off real quick. And so for me, it's really like the moments we have, I'm going to make count when I'm alone in the car with someone I'm going to hold their hand when I am kissing them goodnight I'm I'm going to for sure like play with her hair and I'm going to just check make sure I'm checking in with each of them 
at some point in the day, even if it's very small. And I think that ends up actually being something kind of big. Hmm. Right. I like that. I've never thought, because I feel like where we are now, I'm like, oh, we need to like take one out like on a walk or one to go get ice cream. And like, I've never really thought about like just making that five second connection can really add up. And that's so simple to do. Yeah. I hope so. And I think that, that there is this, I want to, I, I, maybe this is a good image, but it's like from when they're born to when they're grown adults, like I really want to be a lighthouse for my kids that they know where I'm at, they know I'm safe, they know where to find me, and they know I'll always be there. And so that's kind of how I'm, I look at those moments of like, I'm the lighthouse. They know I'm always going to kind of be at the kitchen sink. They know where to find me. Yeah. <laughs> and um, whenever they tug on my shirt, like they get my full attention. I love that um, comparison to a lighthouse. That's perfect for all moms. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I love that. So how do you make your home a safe place? Mm. Well, I think there's, kind of like how I mentioned before we're entering the teen years with my older mm-hmm. boys and for me like I want to have safeguards on every screen in our house so that <laughs> things are not popping up that they should not be seeing and that can kind of yeah. destroy them so I'm kind of I mean I'm right there in that right now so that's really the first thing that comes to mind like how do we protect them from things like pornography and how do we talk to them about mm-hmm. things that are hard. I think that is a big one my husband and I are really committed to. We are going to talk about hard things. It's not going to be, um, there, we don't want, we don't want secrets in the closet. Yeah. And so, um, again, maybe it's that image of a lighthouse, like everything is welcome here. You can say anything, do mm-hmm. anything. And I think the other piece of safety, when I think about emotional safety, is we do, we, I I kind of made this vow to myself. Hopefully I can keep it forever. (laughs) But the, like, I'm not going to tell my kids that I'm disappointed in them. Like I have, I don't know. I have this thing about it where it's like, I know my kids have sin in their hearts. I know there's darkness in their hearts. I do not, um, nothing they can do, literally nothing they could do can surprise me. Because I know that what they are capable of because they're human. Mm-hmm. And so I guess like I, I associate disappointment with I didn't like um, like the shame and uh, like I didn't know you were capable of that. Like I want my kids to know that I know every I know they're capable of hurting themselves or hurting other people. And so creating that emotional safety of like nothing you say could surprise me. And so, yeah, I think about the physical safety and the emotional safety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a really interesting thought. And um, I like that. I mean, that's just, yeah, makes me want to think about the words I say and um, to my kids and that just like bringing it back to that, like you said, they're humans and they're sin. And so they will mess up just like we do. And that, yeah. Mm. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Well, you know, some, a lot of people are, at least I was raised with some shame 
in there. And so I, it was very hard for me to like tell my parents some things. Cause I, the, the fear of disappointment was so mm-hmm. strong and I just, I don't know, I guess that's one thing I don't want to pass on to my kids. I want to kind of break that cycle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, so you, you have a new book out called Stay, Discovering yeah. Grace, Freedom, and Wholeness Where You Never Imagined Looking. So talk to us about what inspired you to write it and what is the takeaway? Which congratulations, too, on your new book. Yay! <laughs> you guys are so sweet. Yeah, so Stay came out March 31st, right in the middle of covid of course. And, and I was just like, oh, God, only you knew that my book was called Stay. And this would happen, release right in the middle of like a stay at home. Mandate. Right. <laughs> uh, I did not plan that. But I would say, I, can't, I, I don't know about you ladies. For me, I was raised and grew up um, very much a runner from feelings. So mm. avoiding, pretending, ignoring feelings. Feelings were bad feelings uh I have control over them um you know and so I spent a lot of my life just running away from anxiety fear guilt shame loneliness anytime any of those things were coming up in my heart I would totally suffocate them bury them run away from them pretend they weren't there and so around my mid-20s actually I went on a three-week isolated retreat so I lived in this cabin off of um, the Puget Sound in Washington and it was alone for 21 days and I literally was forced to stay and it radically changed my life the the shifting and turning and pivoting from running to staying um, with myself like staying with my heart and my messy issues yeah um, some trauma and staying with God radically, radically changed my life. So it kind of uh, propelled me to just start writing. And so I kind of, you know, I know that not everyone can do a 21 day isolated retreat. That's just not plausible. And so how can I, how can I carry on, excuse me, kind of the things I had learned and integrate it into my everyday life. And so that's really where stay was birthed. And now it's really, I want to invite women. I guess the takeaway would be inviting women onto this journey with me to to stay. How long ago did you do that? Right. So I did that in my mid twenties. Okay. So like fifteen years ago. How was it like just being alone for three weeks? And when you're usually around lots of people and your family, how was that? It was terrifying. Yeah. It was awful. I mean, so and for one. I don't know. Some people are more comfortable being alone. I guess maybe if you're an introvert, which I'm not, I'm an extrovert. And for someone who'd been extroverted and running her whole life, like anytime I would ever feel pain, I would just get up and do something, you know, or I'd, you know, go exercise or I'd go eat food or go to the movies, you know, or hang out with friends. And so it was literally putting on the brakes, um, in life and stopping and you know I couldn't have alcohol I couldn't exercise I couldn't have my phone I mean it was literally nothing and so it it was tough it was so hard but um, did you have a journal yeah so I could journal and then I would meet with a therapist for an hour a day every morning and then that would be it wow yeah 
that's a lot of self-discipline. <laughs> yeah, it, yes, it really was. Um, but they're, they're in that place. I think it was this, um, you know, it was finding freedom for the first time. It was finding out who Jesus really was. It was yeah. um, accepting grace. And, you know, in that place, um, it was, wow, discovering. The question really came of like, why do, why am I running? Like, what am I running away from? And for mm. me, it was the feelings. Like, I didn't want to feel the feelings. But as soon as I let the feelings come up, I could start to see what was below the feelings. Because feelings are always leading you to something. You feel yeah. sad. Well, why are you sad? You feel anxious. Well, what, what what's making you anxious? Like, what is the root of it? And so yeah. for me, a lot of the root was self-hate, which I had no idea I hated myself. Um, oh. And so it was a lot of, well, why do I hate myself? Like, what's so bad about me? You know, like, you know, just that's where I want to invite women like, okay, well, the thing you're scared of is feeling the fear. So what does it look like to have courage to feel the fear and then see what God is doing underneath the fear? No. And so would is your book more about your journey and sorry if you kind of already mentioned that I'm just trying to um because I want to get it and I'm just curious is it more about your journey and just what you discovered or is it more of like okay if you're doing this then maybe try this like more of a helping book like for other women because you mentioned you know you want other women to read it and that's kind of why you wrote it that's a great question it's I would say that it is not a self-help book it is, I will not, just be prepared. I will not answer a way out of your problems. Yeah. What I will do is invite you to enter them more. Mm. What I will do is create a safe place for you to say, hey, sit down at the table of your soul and let's see what's going on in there. And so I would probably call it more of a spiritual memoir, like a mm. journey of how I went from running to staying. Um, and I really, I think the trick with, if I gave you five steps, Melissa or Alexis, it would be yeah. like you, uh, you would do it. And that's the pro that's almost like sometimes, um, we, the action takes us away from actually the feeling. Mm -hmm. And I want people to feel their feelings and not just think their way out of their feelings. Cause we're real good thinkers. We're mm -hmm. really good at that, but we're not really good at feeling your feelings and so I want to create a space for you to feel them okay wow okay well it sounds like I might need like some tissues and my journal when I read it <laughs> maybe a drink I don't know <laughs> and so you also in which you mentioned you founded the nonprofit organization the moms we love clubs um and I started looking at that on Instagram so can you just share with us and our listeners about this nonprofit and just, yeah, just the, the overview and then we can get into more of the specifics. Sure. So it actually is really coincides with the book stay and really what God has done in my life. But I think this idea of if we are able to stay with ourselves and we're a lot, if we're able to stay with God as he stays with us, we actually become humans and people who can stay with each other and so the moms we love club is really an extension of that it's creating a space 
for moms who've endured long-term hardship, long-term suffering to be seen, known, and heard. And what we do, it's a social media platform, mainly on Instagram, but on on Facebook as well, is once a month we feature a mom who is going through, you know, honestly just going through hell, who has been in a really traumatic situation um, and will probably live out the rest of her life in some sort of trauma. And so what we do as a community is we feature this mom and we, I invite the whole community to repost her picture and her story on their social media feeds. And as they do that, they're bringing awareness to the mom and they're bringing prayer for the mom and they're bringing financial support for the mom. Wow. And so how do you, I don't know if choose is the right word, but how, you know, the moms that you feature once a month, how do you find them or what's that process? Or if there's a mom listening, like, wow, I could benefit from something like that. Like, what is the process with that? Sure. That's a great question. Um, Well, what we do is we actually invite friends of the mom to nominate her. So a lot of times um, what will happen is you might actually have a friend who's gone through cancer or whose husband is sick or child um, has a child with long-term illness. And so... Um, what that mom or friend can do is nominate her friend and we have an application on the website um, and we do our best to support as many moms as we can. Yeah. Amazing. And so something else you offer different courses and one of those being stay awake to love. So who is this course intended for and like what happens during it or like how do people navigate through this course? Sure. Thanks for asking. So on everything I post, social media, um, what I'll always use is that hashtag at the end, uh, hashtag stay awake to love, because something so dear to me is I want women want to stay, right? As I kind of mentioned in the book, but then there's this idea of like being awake. Like I want women to be awake to the love of God when they're doing laundry, when they're driving carpool, when they're walking through Target, when they're disciplining. Like, I just want this to be this rhythm of women's lives, this stay awake. And so I started this course where really it's helping women go into their hearts and face some of the things that are kind of keeping them blocked like a dam. Mm -hmm. Like there's this desire and longing to live full beautiful lives we want to be good moms we want to be good wives we want to be good friends but for some reason we hit these walls in our relationships even spiritually with God we hit these walls and I want to um and sorry these walls you know can hinder that from happening you know why do we keep having the same blowing up and getting angry about the same thing why do we keep withdrawing why do we keep um, gossiping. Why do we keep having this envy in our hearts? Um, mm. And I want to help women break down that wall. And so the course is really a way. Um, it's a small course. I only take six to 10 people every time I do it. And we connect through Voxer and I send out audio lessons. So it's all online. And we get kind of to those roots that I was talking about the roots, getting to like what's really going on in women's hearts. And let's talk about it. And let's break that dam and let kind of like the streams of living water flow. Wow. And so 
And that's interesting because I would think, like when I was like, stay awake to love. Oh, maybe it's about marriage. <laughs> but it's not. <laughs> But awesome. it can be. It's gonna. It'll. It'll help all your relationships, which is my hope. Yeah. Awesome. And so, as we're, I mean, almost, which is crazy, halfway through 2020. You know, a lot of time been staying. Yeah. Now that you know, I think more places are opening up a little, and I don't know if that how that affects you. But what are some of your personal and professional goals for the rest of the year? That's great. I. I have so been thinking about that. Um, I wish I had a great answer. But I think for me, I want to listen to nudges. Like, I really want to pay attention to um, what God is doing around me and in me. And I think that God works a lot through these small nudges. And so I just want to be a better listener, like with my kids, with my husband, um, to God, like what, where, where is God taking me? Where is he leading me? So I would say like in motherhood in general is really um, being a better attender to their hearts and souls. And then I would say professionally, I really, um, I would love to write more. I would love to do these courses. I would just love, here's the thing. This is kind of scary, maybe saying out loud, but it's like, I guess I kind of want to dream bigger. And yeah. I, I think I have a tendency to dream very, not even small. I kind of am a dreamer by nature, but, but allowing myself to ask, what if, mm-hmm. what if, what if I did that? What if I could do that? What if that was possible? Instead of just being like, that's not possible. That could never happen. Forget it. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dream big girl. Yeah. Well, yeah, and your dreams don't have to be like, you know, for this year, it could be a dream you have in five to 10 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good. Awesome. Uh, what are some fun activities um, you like doing with your family over the summer? Do you have anything? Well, planned? I I wish there was lots of open things to do. <laughs> and if I honestly... I don't know, maybe, maybe your kids are, uh, what, five and under, six and under? Yeah. And so it's just this real tricky balance of having a 13-year-old and a two-year-old. So we're trying to make it, like, we have a pool. So we, when things start to open up back again, like a typical summer, if I'm saying that, would be lots of kids coming mm-hmm. over here to swim. And I love that because it can kind of meet the kids in all their ages because all of them yeah. can jump in the pool. Mm-hmm. Um, but besides that, we would go to the beach. We miss the yeah. beach so much. So we're about 20 minutes from the beach. Oh, so we nice. spend, I know, but you know, right now we can't really even walk on the beach. So we're dream, we're dreaming big that maybe yeah. the beach will open up soon. So none of them are opened around you? Um, they're open, but you can't like w- sit down. Mm. Mm. So it's just like, look and go, look and go, kids. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Oh, well, the, at least you have the pool. Yes, it's huge. Oh, my gosh. They're down there right now. They're, it's it's a lifesaver. Yeah, it is nice. Oh, yes, the pool. And I've noticed our neighborhood pool open this week. And it <gasps> thankfully makes my kids so much tired, yes. so much more tired that at night, bedtime's been a lot easier because they just go to sleep because <laughs> yes. they're exhausted. That is the best. <laughs> yeah. And so who 
is as we just start to wrap this up and we're so thankful for you and your time and just sharing your different thoughts um what are some people like who is someone you're following right now on social media or is there an author or a podcaster that you're really enjoying yeah that's a great question um i i do i probably when i think about um i think about like who i stop scrolling for yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I would say I love um, reading Jamie Nato. She's one of my favorites. Okay. I don't know if you know who that is. If you don't, go follow her right now. She's loves Jesus, loves motherhood. She's had a real hard journey in marriage, um, but she is just kind of, she's hilarious. So she's fun to read and watch her Instagram stories. Okay. Awesome. Do you, have you guys, do you guys follow her? No, but I'm oh. Jamie yeah. Nato. Jamie Nato. J A M I Nato. She's awesome. Okay. Love it. Alrighty. Thank you. And something we love to ask all of our guests, um, so we can get some ideas for ourselves too. But how do you unwind after a busy day? Oh, you know what I love? I have to do this. I mean, it helps that I live in San Diego, but I love Golden Hour. Golden hour, even though it's before bed right now because the sunset's really late. I love being outside when the sun moves through trees. Like there's something just so warm and magical about that to me. So that's what I do before the kids would go to bed. We all go outside for a golden hour. But then sometimes it's, I love, this is silly, but I love washing my feet. I love <laughs> sitting on the counter. That's and relaxing. It's so relaxing with the, a candle or the lights off. And I just spend like five, seven minutes with the hot water on my feet. And it just, and I hate going to bed with dirty feet. I don't know about you, yeah. but that's just like the yeah. worst. So washing my feet is a real gift to me. <laughs> that's nice. Does your husband ever wash them for you? Oh my gosh, great idea. No, I should have done that. <laughs> oh, in golden hour. I've never... Yeah heard of that, that what? Alexa have you I have not that oh was my a new goodness. one for me but you know what I'm talking about yeah yeah it's probably from when I did photography like golden hours the magic time to be outside because it makes the pictures glow yeah but yeah it's just it's just so beautiful like the sun's it's just that last moment before the sunset yeah good to know all yeah. right get outside yeah <laughs> I didn't know if, like, it was a California thing. No, it is a whole world From the thing. Golden Gate. It's a right. whole world can experience Golden we, Hour. Even in Melissa Indiana. And I just live, we just live under a rock. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, huh? Golden? Oh, well, that's really neat. Now we know. Tonight when I go out, I'm going to be thinking about that. Yes. And so how, and you kind of talked about this. Um, can you just share where... Our listeners can follow you and just where they can find you to learn more about your courses and to purchase your book. Yeah, that'd be great. Thank you. I, I post every day on Instagram. So lovealways.anjulie. It's kind of tricky. A-N-J-U-L-I. And then, of course, the Moms We Love Club. You can buy Stay on Amazon or actually in Target. You can pick it up as you're walking by to get your bananas. Yeah. yeah. So... <laughs> 
I'll see you at Target, I hope. Okay. <laughs> it was just there. I should have looked in the book section. I we get buying a new hand. Really nice day date. <laughs> okay. okay, awesome. Well, we are excited to have that book in our hands, and I'm sure many of our listeners like that could definitely speak to many people right now. So thank you for sharing that and for founding and sharing about the nonprofit organization, the Moms We Love Club. That's just, I think, so powerful to lift mm -hmm. women up and to help do some good in the world, you know, and to spread that goodness. Yeah. Well, thanks, ladies, for what you do. Keep loving on those babies. It's one of the <laughs> best things we ever get to do. All right. Well, thank you so much, Anne Julie. We hope you have a great day. You too. Thanks again. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>